Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Talk About It. This is Megan. And I'm Jackie. And today we're talking about why you, yes you, should go to therapy. Not being judgmental or anything, but you should go to therapy. Yes, this is not to call you crazy, but that is something we want to talk about, is that a lot of people think you have to be quote-unquote crazy in order to go to therapy, and that's not true, so we're not calling you crazy, but we are saying you should go to therapy. And I wanted to start just by reading a verse that my pastor actually read in church the other week. It is Proverbs twenty twenty-five, and it says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. And I think that's just such a lovely representation of what happens in therapy is we often have feelings and triggers and wounds that are very, very deep inside of us that maybe we can't quite navigate or understand or process. And so a person of understanding, someone who is trained and professional, is there to help us dig through that and go through the deep well that is our heart. So kind of an interesting statistic for you. Before the current panorama that we are in, Panini, Panera, (laughs) pandemic, one in five people went to therapy. Currently now, it's one in three. So I think this conversation is just important because clearly people are seeing the need for help with their mental health. And while I think it's a good thing, I think it also shows the current stresses and demands that the pandemic has had on all of us. So there's no shame in acknowledging that we can all use a little extra help right now. So I think something that I always kind of thought, and I think maybe a lot of you could think, is that something has to be wrong with you in order for you to see a therapist. Would you agree with that, Jackie? Yeah, there's definitely a stereotype that you have to be severely struggling with some kind of mental illness or you can't function in your daily life in some way. Or if you go to therapy, then you're someone that must have been in a mental institution or you were at that level of dysfunction when, no, someone in their day-to-day life that's going to work, living their life, looks quote unquote normal from the outside, you know, Mm -hmm. a functioning adult very much could benefit from therapy. Yeah. And I mean, I think both of us, it just kind of experienced that in our own story of feeling like almost that we were hyper functioning in a way because we weren't functioning, (laughs) but we were in all appearances, we were put together. You know, we were always the students who got straight A's we, you know, never missed a day of work, things like that. And although on the inside, we were crumbling. So I think sometimes there's this idea that going to therapy means that you are a person who like can't get out of bed in the morning Mm -hmm. and struggling to shower Mm -hmm. because they're so depressed. And while that's definitely the case, there are also people who almost go to the other end of the spectrum, I feel, and they start overdoing things. So they're like just overloaded with, you know, trying to be almost perfect And then eventually they just kind of break down. So we wanted to share a little bit about our own experiences with navigating stigmas with therapy. I know in the past we've done episodes where we've talked a little more about our specific mental health journeys. 
but we wanted just to talk a little bit about our own trepidation going into therapy and what we experienced and what our thought processes were, uh, just in the hopes that you can relate and it can just help encourage you that you're not alone. So Jackie, could you just share a little bit about your story? Yeah, so I did not start going to therapy until I was in college, and that was because I was, from the outside especially, I was functioning fine. I didn't realize that I had an anxiety disorder or a depression disorder, and you know, I was going to school, I had straight A's, um, I was an excellent student, I was going to work, I was managing a lot of different things, and I knew that I had a problem but therapy was scary to me um there was definitely a stereotype of that you had to be severely mentally ill which in my case honestly i was but that's a different story but there was like this this stereotype that you had to be someone that was on the brink of going into a mental institution before going to therapy and also therapy was just scary to me i it's really scary to take that step and go to therapy or like the judgment that it might surround making that decision um my parents very much did not understand therapy i think a lot of people in our parents generation megan and i are i'm 25 Mm -hmm. megan's 24 so if you're a similar age or older you kind of see that your parents generation hated therapy they don't understand therapy it scares them and it's something very secretive and shameful if you have to get therapy so for me it was really difficult for me to make this step to finally go to therapy. I actually had to have one of my mentors walk me there and help me sign up. Even though therapy was super accessible on my college campus, it was $10 a session, which is very affordable, which I was very blessed and lucky to have, you know, like with my start into therapy, um, because that's also a different conversation where therapy can be very difficult to, um, have access to and to be able to afford. Um, but yeah, it was something that was really difficult for me. And once I finally got into therapy, it was like, I didn't even realize the things that I was doing or the patterns that I had, or these things in my life, I thought that I had worked through, or I thought weren't really a problem that were affecting me. And that's when I started to realize in my daily life, people that around me that didn't even have like severe anxiety disorder or severe depression disorder, but just had certain habits and things because most of us were not raised in a super secure or like perfectly healthy home. Um, Even if you were raised in quote unquote, like a secure home, all of us have broken uh, parents, people Mm -hmm. that, that sin that are also wounded and we're in a broken world. So all of us in some way are wounded. That's just the reality. And I started to see, um, just in other people's behaviors where I was like, yeah, you don't have a mental illness. You don't have something maybe even severe as I do, but I could see how therapy could benefit you and their immediate reaction would be, um, which I don't recommend saying that to anybody. This is like very close friendships where I would, you know, (laughs) say this to them or like be vulnerable enough to say, hey, like maybe this would be like good for you where they just didn't, they didn't see the benefit of it. They thought, oh no, that means I'm crazy or I have some kind of mental illness that I would even need to go to therapy. We all have, we live in a broken world. We all have wounds and we all have things that are difficult to process through that talking to just your friends a lot of times is not enough. You need to talk to someone that is a third party, an outsider, someone that also is trained to help you walk through and discover some like dysfunctional patterns that you might have or ways that you can function better in your day-to-day life and your relationships 
etc oh yeah yeah i can definitely relate to that um i think for me too there was also like a a layer of guilt or shame Mm -hmm. because i felt like someone like me didn't deserve therapy oh So, you know, I grew up with two parents who were very loving. And although they made mistakes, you know, because they aren't perfect, in my mind, I was like, it would be some somehow like betraying them or like saying something badly towards them if I take the step to go to therapy or counseling or anything like that, because then I'm somehow like saying they were inadequate. And I just like put it and it's funny because now, you know, going through therapy and breaking down even just my relationship with my parents. It's like, okay, well, why was I feeling that guilt? Like there's even something to unpack there. Um, But just feeling like too, you know, I could understand where someone who went through an extremely traumatic situation, like an assault or something, I was like, oh, of course they should go to therapy. Of course, like that makes sense. Like I would never blame them. But for me, in my mind, how I like looked back on my childhood, I didn't see any trauma, therefore it didn't exist, and I didn't deserve to actually get help or healing, which I think a lot of people can struggle with that. And I, what I would say is we live in a very broken, sinful world, and none of us are going to escape this world without scars and without wounds. And comparing our wounds to another person is irrelevant because we're all wounded in some way and we all deserve help and healing and love and care and grace. And just because you might know someone more traumatized than you were, it doesn't matter because we all can get help and that going to therapy isn't somehow like being hateful towards your parents or being ungrateful to them for what they have done for you. Um, So that was, we're kind of some things I had to unpack and I also just think the community I grew up in was very anti-therapy anti-medication anti-psychology actually Christian world can be that way yeah so um I think I also just had to unravel a lot of guilt when it came to oh I if I do this or if I take this step I'm not trusting God enough I'm not a good enough Christian um and we've talked about that in previous episodes too but um also just facing shame and stigma of other people knowing that I was in therapy and I'm a people pleaser. So the idea of people being uh, like displeased with a choice I made was like the end of the world. <laughs> so that was also another struggle. Um, but it really wasn't until I took that step to go into therapy that I realized how a lot of the thing, you know, because I think we have this sort of idea that our mental health struggle is insular like it's only really affecting us Mm. and the thing is it it also affects the people around us Mm. and it wasn't really until I took that step to go to therapy and someone who was professionally trained could help me kind of unravel and work through some of the triggers and trauma that I had experienced that I realized oh wow this was actually seeping out into pretty much every area of my life it wasn't just some sort of inward battle I was having And so it can be really helpful for that reason, too, and just helping you navigate the world in a healthier and happier way. Yeah. Another thing is going to therapy is not selfish. I think in a lot of ways it can seem, oh, you're only focusing on yourself. You're being very introspective in an unhealthy way. But as Megan said, the more that you learn to function well and 
to handle your emotions and whatever that you've gone through in the past, the better you're going to be in your relationships to those around you. Any good counselor is going to help you not be introspective in an unhealthy way, but in a productive way that like when you heal what's going on on the inside, you can focus and be more present to those around you and healthier in your relationships. And also, Megan, you talked about how you felt ashamed. You didn't feel like you had gone through enough to go to therapy. And that's how I felt too. When I got into therapy, I began unpacking that, oh, actually there are things that happened in my life that were like traumatic and were labeled trauma that I didn't realize were traumatic or were trauma. Um, And a lot of people I think do have things that in their experience were traumatic to them and they don't realize it because it's not some big giant event that happened to them that they can realize or label as trauma or society has recognized as traumatic. Um, so there's just a lot of things that therapy helps you just realize a lot of self-realization of things that you didn't see in your life that were affecting you. I also think it just brings a lot of self-awareness, um, you know, because a lot of times, something that's been helpful for both Jackie and I, um, is an episode from, the place we find ourselves podcast where he talks about implicit memory that was like life-changing for me understanding implicit memory and basically we form explicit and implicit memories so explicit memories are memories that you can recall so you can have that sense of recollection you know either you know if someone says hey do you remember your first grade classroom you can kind of like step back and kind of like visualize it in your head or remember different feelings or maybe senses you had Whereas implicit memory does not have that sense of recollection, but our bodies remember Mm -hmm. and react. Mm -hmm. And that's huge because when you're a very small person, like before two years old, you're not forming, you're not cognitively able to form explicit memories, but you are able to form implicit memories. And that was super helpful for me because there's going to be times where your body will just have a response where some, you'll hear someone say something and then suddenly you feel fear or you feel anger and it's kind of inexplainable. Like, well, that wasn't really like <laughs> called for in that situation. Why, why am I so crazy? Mm-hmm. When in reality, that was just an implicit memory of some sort of trauma and your body is responding. And understanding that and unpacking it with someone who knows how to do that can be so helpful because I think it. he talks about how it brings us from a place of condemnation to curiosity so instead of feeling like you're stupid for reacting like unreasonably or that there's some sort of shame there we can turn that to curiosity and say okay why clearly this is a trigger for me why I want to find that out and it leads us into a place of self-awareness of understanding how we work and what how what has happened to us affects us in our lives And I think that is a very loving thing to do for the people around us and a very loving thing to do for especially our future children. Mm. Because you think of how much generational harm is passed down because people suppress emotions and don't deal with problems and don't work through trauma. That passes down to each of us. So we're all carrying burdens that come from our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents and onward. And we have the power to break cycles of generational trauma and we owe that to our future children Mm -hmm. to be self-aware enough that we can give them 
the best chance at having a a childhood that has less wounds. And I think that really helped even my mindset of why therapy isn't selfish, like you were talking about, because you're also doing this for your future family. And even if you don't have children, your future spouse or your future roommates or your future friendships, it helps with how we interact with people when we understand how we work. We should do an entire episode on the attachment styles. Yes. But if you haven't looked into them, you can be either securely attached or insecurely attached. And a lot, most people's attachment comes from how they were raised as um, when they were children and how their parents affected them. Mm-hmm. And they showed that their parents' attachment style, it was just, it was almost directly linked that whatever their main caregiver's attachment style was, that is what the child's attachment style would be. So if you have an unhealthy attachment style with which like a quick breakdown attachment is how you relate to other people, how you enter into relationships. When you're older, it's especially how you enter into um, friendships and dating relationships. That's where it mostly comes out. Um, that That is what your attachment style is going to be is generally what your parents' attachment style was. So if you're dealing with an insecure attachment style and you never deal with it when you're growing up because good news through therapy, through healing, through Jesus, you can become securely attached no Mm -hmm. matter what has happened to you in the past. And that's the beautiful thing about it, Mm -hmm. that when you become securely attached, you have a better chance of raising children that are securely attached. And that greatly will affect them for the rest of their lives and the way that they relate to people when they get older and they start having friendships and dating and trying to get married and so forth. I also think, you know, if you're listening to this now and you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I should go to therapy. Like what, what could therapy even do for me? Um, Jackie and I just kind of put together a a quick list of maybe things you haven't thought of that therapy can help you with. So one is obviously to break down past trauma, something we've been talking about. Um, Also, if you're just going through a really stressful like job or life experience and you want someone's guidance with you through that someone who's checking in on your mental state and helping you work through things in a healthy way Mm -hmm. so that you're it's almost like a preventative thing you know if we're going through a really stressful experience it's really easy to bottle that up or suppress different things that can come out later in harmful ways so if we're you know proactively talking through that with someone it can be very helpful and save us a lot of pain in the future I also think just, you know, if you notice that you're having anxiety on sort of a daily basis or that you're it's really hard for you to focus, you know, if something starts affecting or seeping into your daily life, I think it can be really helpful to take another look at it with a therapist because even if you don't have a severe anxiety disorder you still deserve to be able to go throughout your day without feeling anxious Mm -hmm. and if you're experiencing anxiety on an almost daily basis that can also affect your physical health in other ways and so going to a therapist to help work through that and learn healthy coping skills before you develop unhealthy ones take it from two people who have been there (laughs) that is a great idea (laughs) or if you're going through a difficult situation in a specific relationship whether that's a romantic relationship or a friendship 
it's great to have someone that's on the outside that's not in your friend group or involved and doesn't know the person to almost be an objective outsider and help you process through this and help you um, learn the best ways to cope or deal with this situation because even if you're super securely attached or generally a healthy person we all deal with just situations and relationship or friendships where things are really difficult or hard and that's why a lot of couples end up getting it's very healthy for them even before they get married to go through some kind of counseling to deal with how to communicate with each other um in a healthy way so that they can go into a healthy marriage um and know how to cope with that when things difficulties arise in their marriage i mean even if you're not dating you're not in a romantic relationship you should i mean everyone knows like friendships can be really hard or things can can come up in friendships and you don't want to go talking to just people that are also in your friend group it's really good to have someone that's on the outside that's trained to help you process through and learn how to like best behave in those situations um it's also good to go to therapy if you've recently uh, gone through a big life transition change or you're about to go through one Um, not only in those times can a lot of stuff come up that you Mm -hmm. haven't processed in the past, which that definitely happened to me. I had been going to therapy, but I moved to Chicago and all of a sudden I was like, new things start popping up. These things started coming up where I was like, oh my gosh, this happened to me as a child and I had no idea and it never affected me before. But somehow now everything is coming up because your brain is just like something in your brain functioning is jolted. And so all of this is coming up. So Um, That can definitely happen. But just moving through a transition is really difficult. So any kind of job, um, moving, new relationship, um, moving to a different stage of life, going from high school to college, oftentimes it can be helpful to get therapy uh, before or after. And that's something that happens to all of us. That's not just, you know, people in certain situations. We all go through very big transitions in our lives. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know for me, I think two of the life transitions that I noticed had the largest impact on my mental health was transitioning from high school to college Mm. and transitioning from being single to married. Mm. So, and it was really interesting because I did not have any sort of counseling or therapy for that first transition of um, high school to college. I should have. I did have a mentor and she was very helpful I was not always honest with her, though, so that is my fault. (laughs) But um, just looking at how bad my mental health was during that transition compared to the other life transition of being um, engaged and then even having that engagement broken off and then moving into marriage again, that was really hard. But I would almost say my mental health was a little better compared to before because I had the support of counseling through that So it really does make a difference, especially if you can kind of just preemptively, you know, know yourself and say, hey, I think this might be kind of hard for me. I'm just going to start meeting with someone Uh, that can be really, really awesome and really, really good for you. I also think a lot of people. um, So like, Jackie, how would you answer someone who says like, well, I kind of know what my past baggage is and. I think I'm just kind of like, I've come to terms with it. I'm okay. But if I went to therapy, that would like kind of dig it all up. And then I have to go through it and it would be really, really hard. But like right now I'm happy and I'm fine. So like, why do I need to go? Well, I would would question if there really were not areas of your life 
that it was not currently affecting. And even if there's some way you're pushing it down, any kind of trauma or wound that you have not worked through, it will resurface and it will affect the people around you. And it is hard work to go back into that stuff. And you might for a time be happy uh, just ignoring it, but it will seep through the cracks. It will bubble to the surface because um, that's just how psychology works. That's how, you know, Jesus works. Jesus does not want us to be walking around with wounds that we have not let him touch. We have not let him come in and heal. And it's not an easy process. It's not fun. I will tell you. It is going into therapy. That's why also there was a lot of times I was scared and there's certain things even now I'm not even ready to deal with with my therapist. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this because this makes it more real. This makes it come up and this is painful. Mm-hmm. But uh, we did a podcast on healing actually in our very first season, which yeah. is funny to listen to because we were little baby podcasters yep. <laughs> and the sound quality is a bit different. Hopefully it's a little better now. Uh, <laughs> but they talk about the healing from a wound is that a lot of times it's in the shape of a U that a lot of people want to just jump from one side of the U to the other where you're totally fine. But you have to go back down into that pain and into that suffering and work through that and if you're a person of faith, like meet Jesus there and let him heal you in those wounds. But it is super painful. But that is the only way to really heal from that and to move forward. Because I can guarantee you, if you have trauma that you haven't worked through, that you want to ignore, uh, it will affect not just you, it will affect everybody around you. And um, there is really just no way to ignore it and not live with it. And also, why would you you know, want to live that way? Like right. you might not recognize it, but there are ways that you are not living in your most free in like your as your best self mm-hmm. with those wounds just sitting there and you not working through them. It is painful. I won't lie to you. Megan knows. I know it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels like hell, which if we talk about the you um, on the place we find ourselves podcast, they compare it to going from like going through the passion of Christ, going through um, being crucified, going down into death. The bottom is like that Saturday where Jesus is dead and he's quite mm-hmm. literally in hell. But then guess what? He rises on Easter Sunday and he's new, he's healed, he's um, risen from the dead, he's alive. And that's often how it is going through those wounds. But it's 100% worth it. Trust me. <laughs> I always think of the analogy of like, okay, so like let's say... I fall down one day and break my leg. Mm. And instead of going to the doctor, I'm like, no, my body can just heal on its own. Like it doesn't need help from a doctor. So my leg does heal in that it stops bleeding eventually. And, you know, the skin goes back together and and, and it looks maybe a, a little better, but my bone didn't heal properly because I didn't have help and it wasn't set. And so I'm still experiencing pain. Now, is it anywhere close to the pain of when I initially broke my leg? No, because I've, I've started to learn how to live with it, you know, but it, it holds me back. I'm not able to go hiking with my friends when they want to go hiking. And when it rains, it gets really, really painful and sore and I have to stay inside and miss out on things. But I could tell myself I'm living with it. It's fine. But what I don't know is maybe that infection that's starting below the surface. And the because I didn't let that heal properly, and I kind of healed almost over that wound, then it's not actually doing me any good, and it could be poisoning me from the inside. So a doctor would look at me and say, hey, 
we need to cut your leg open and re-break that bone and set it so that you can actually heal properly this time. And I could say, why would I go through all of that pain when I'm living my life right now? But the thing is, am I? Am I really living my life? Because God gave me this leg and in a way I'm not honoring him by allowing it to heal properly. And so I think while therapy a lot of times feels like that doctor cutting open a wound and scooping out any infected materials and the rocks that still stayed in there from when I fell down that never came out. And it's painful, but it's necessary. And the healing that comes afterwards is actually real healing and not just burying things down and coping. And that's where we can experience true freedom. Yeah. And it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to just live your whole life keeping it shoved down. It will make itself known. And sometimes in a way that you don't want, like I said, there's certain things I had thought I'd work through or I wasn't ready to work through. And I wouldn't even say I was avoiding it. It's all in Jesus's mercy and his time. that He reveals wounds to us and we start to heal from them. But yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm healed from what the, this thing that happened to me or I'm not ready to deal with that. And then I go through this big transition and move and it's in my face. Right. I'm like on the floor crying like this happened to me and I never had to deal with it. But I go through this transition and there it is before me. And now I cannot ignore it anymore. And because you haven't been to therapy, you don't actually know what's going to trigger that. No. So something, yeah, you think that you've healed from something, you go... And then you go through a big life transition. You go through a traumatic situation, a loss, a car accident, something really terrible. And then there it is. It comes up again. It's, you're not going to be able to actually ignore it. Like you think you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But be encouraged in that, that healing is available and freedom is available and that there is help out there. I think we just, we almost have to just take that first step to acknowledge that uh, we can't do everything in our own strength. (laughs) I mean, and I think not to shame anyone, but I know for me, it can be almost a little bit of a pride thing, you know, as I am doing it, I am holding it all together despite everything. Yep. So why would I interrupt that when I'm doing just fine on my own? And uh, that's not how Jesus wants us to live. We're not supposed to live life that way. We're supposed to live life within community and we're all a part of a body. You know, a hand can't do everything the body can do. <laughs> a hand can't exist on their own. So I think take heart in that, knowing that freedom is available, um, but also feel that that nudge, that challenge to actually take that step. Yeah, and for some people, therapy might be more of a temporary thing. It might only be a few months, six months, a year. And for some people, um, I know for myself, it's going to be years. It's going to be something where I'm working through different wounds that God reveals to me throughout time and more of a slow healing process. Um, But it does look different for everyone. Um, So it's not like you're entering into this and you have to be in therapy forever. That's not how that works. Hopefully, you know, I'm not in therapy forever, but for everyone, it's different. You know, it could just be like, like we said earlier, just a really difficult situation or a transition period. And that's when you might need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the next question after that is just, well, how do I get help or find help? So we'll leave some resources in the uh, show notes as well, just when it comes to finding even that help and finding the help that actually works best to fit, you know, your life and where you are. So whether that's a program with a sliding scale fee or mm-hmm. one that goes through your insurance or something like that. Um, it shouldn't be a burden. 
And I think a lot of times it can feel that way when you're trying to seek it out and figure it out and find it. So we'll leave a few resources just in the show notes for you to check out. Yes. And um, if you're comfortable going to your primary care doctor, that's also a way to go. And then they can refer you to someone that they know is within your insurance network that they're referring you to or um, someone they know that has a sliding scale if you don't have insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just really important to just openly and, and honestly talk about these conversations because it does encourage more people. And Jackie and I can look back and laugh at how, you know, maybe we hesitated or didn't feel like we were ill enough to go and and looking back being like, oh, I was very clearly not okay. But it it felt very real at the time that we were managing and it was fine. So if you're in that position now, uh, just reach out. Just take that first step because uh, you don't even know how, how healed you can get. Yes, that's a lot of us, I think, are walking around. And even someone that's in therapy, I have no idea what Jesus has in store for me. Or I'm sure there are certain things he's still revealing to me. That's how Jesus works. We have all these wounds and like he focuses in. And then once you heal or you've gotten in a better place with this one, he moves out. And then there's, oh, didn't realize I had this I had to work on because Jesus is merciful and he does not overwhelm us with all of our brokenness and wounds at once because we could not handle that because we are all very broken people. <laughs> it's like the verse Gavin talked about in yeah. our episode with him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's just a little teaser for you to go and listen to our episode with Gavin. If you're our, our uh, favorite Protestant, our favorite Protestant, um, definitely Megan is not my favorite Protestant. It's definitely Dr. No. Gavin Ortland. I am not my favorite Protestant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, that's also a great episode um, where we talked about baptism, but also. Um, somehow talked about this as well so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah anyways that is all for our episode on why you should go to therapy i think we just wanted to kind of break it down and make it less of a scary big thing you know sometimes you just need to go talk to someone for like a few months and that's okay so yeah follow us on instagram and like us on facebook and comment what you like Also, you can always reach out to us and talk about these kinds of things if you want at our email or on Instagram. We're always willing to talk with people. I've already had some people reach out to me and say, hey, I'm going through this. Should I go to therapy? Uh, Because I'm open about the fact that I go Mm -hmm. to therapy and I'm thankfully not ashamed of it anymore. I think it's actually really cool and I want other people to go. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, we're always willing to talk um, and we're a safe place if you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. reaching out to us. No judgment here. So on that note, let's all go and talk about it.